Hey everybody, I want to talk to you tonight about uh, perhaps the most important subject we could really discuss, and it's uh, it's the salvation of our lost loved ones, and, and not just our lost loved ones, but but the salvation of anyone who is lost. Um, you know, as we approach the Christmas season, you know, a lot of times people's hearts more uh, open up, I guess, if you will, or or tend to be a little more sensitive about uh, the things of God. And so uh, since we're in that season, uh, and you know, with, with the things the way they are in the country right now and, 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 and everything with the COVID and, and all of that, you know, uh, I think people's hearts may be even more receptive this Christmas season than, than they typically are. And so uh, with that in mind, I just want to talk to you for a little bit about, about uh, uh, how we can be most effective or the most effective in, in, in seeing uh, our loved ones or just anybody who's lost come to Christ. Uh, you know, first of all, uh, you know, a motivator for us should be that we must never forget that, you know, of course there is a heaven to gain, but there is a hell to shun. And, uh, and, and, and of course, you know, a lot of times we can get so busy with life that we, uh, we, we forget about that, you know, that, that there is, that there is a horrible place called hell. And, uh, and of course, you know, uh, God doesn't want anybody to go there. The Bible says that God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, you know, and faith in the Lord Jesus. But, but we need to realize that, 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 you know, that there is a hell there. And when people die without Christ, that's where they go. And so we need to, we need to keep that before us in our thinking and, 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 and if nothing else, use that as, as great motivation to be, to be the best soul winners that we can be. And, uh, and, and, and you know, the Bible's very clear that, uh, people need somebody to tell them about Jesus. You know, it, it's very clear. And I could give you one scripture after another how important it is that, that we tell people, you know, uh, uh, Romans, the 10th chapter, 14th verse says, you know, the last, uh, part of that verse, well, let me read the whole thing. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? Talking about Jesus. How shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? So in order for somebody to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and call on his name and be saved, they have to have a preacher. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to stand behind a pulpit and preach. Now, most people don't stand. I'm talking believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Most of them don't stand behind a pulpit and preach. Okay. But just because you don't stand behind a pulpit and preach, you're, you're still a, a preacher. Certainly in that you're to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people. You know, uh, right before the Lord was taken up into heaven, the, the, really the, one of the last things that he commissioned the, his disciples with, who was a representative group of you and me, is he said to go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. And so we need to realize that that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to always be looking for opportunities to, to tell people about, about the Lord. And, uh, and, and, and we need to remember this, that, you know, as bad as we want our loved ones, if they're lost, as bad as we want them to be saved, God wants them to be saved even more than we do. You know, I already quoted this verse, but 2 Peter 3, 9 says, the Lord's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And, and you know, Jesus said of himself, he said the reason he came into the earth was to save that which was lost. And uh, that's Luke 19, 10, 1 Timothy 1, 15 uh, the Bible says this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So as badly as we want to see people get saved, as badly as we want to see our unsaved loved ones get saved, God wants that even more so. But he needs us. The Bible says we're the body of Christ. He needs us, you know, as his body to go out and tell people about him. You know, tell people the gospel. What's the gospel? The, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. People need that preached to them. You know, they need to be 
uh, uh, told about that. And uh, uh, you know, like I just read from Romans ten fourteen, how how shall they hear without a preacher? They've got to have somebody tell them. And who's going to tell them if if you and I don't do it? Okay, so so that's why I'm teaching this here tonight is to to just kind of give us all a, a good reminder of hey, you know, we need to we need to uh, uh, realize that you know we we need to always be be sharing the good news of Jesus with people. And uh, having said that, what I want to do now is I I want to give you a a a way that you can more effectively pray for people and see better results uh, with getting them saved. And this applies to your lost family members, lost loved ones, or any anyone who's lost, okay? And and I think this will help help you. A lot of people don't know this. I didn't know this for years. But I tell you what, if you get a hold of what I'm saying right now, it'll make you more effective uh, uh, as it pertains to seeing the lost come to Christ. Uh, now, now let, let, let me just say this. People are free moral agents, and God is not going to violate someone's will and make them get saved. Now, now he's just not going to do that, okay? And uh, he, he just isn't. So he gives everyone a free choice as to whether or not to receive Jesus, okay? Uh, but uh, that being said, there's some things we can do uh, that that can make make uh, us more effective in in soul winning and see more people come to the Lord, and it's this. First of all, a lot of people pray for the lost and they say this. They'll pray for their loved one and they'll say, you know, oh God, save you know aunt aunt so and so, or save uncle so and so, or you know, whoever it may be, a family member, a loved one, whoever it may be, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, I found that that kind of praying is really not in line with the Bible. It, it just isn't, and you get you get no results. We have to realize that God has done all that he's going to do to get somebody saved. Okay, He's done all he's going to do. He sent Jesus to the cross, born of a virgin, sent him to the cross. He died on the cross, bore our sins, shed his blood, you know, was buried and rose from the dead on the third day. God's done everything he's going to do. So it's it's not a matter of asking God to do something. See, God wants people saved more, more than you and I do, right? It's not a matter of us asking God to do something he's already done. You get no results. But but you can do some things that you can get results with. So so don't, don't ever again pray and say, oh, God saved so-and-so. It's out of line with the Bible. Don't do that. But rather... Do what I'm about to tell you, okay? And here it is, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. says, but even if our gospel is veiled. Now, Paul is writing here, the Apostle Paul, and he says, even if our gospel, that's the preaching of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. That means those who are dying and going to hell because they've never received Jesus. He says, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Now, the God of this age is the devil, Satan, okay? And so from, from this verse right here, we see that the devil has blinded the spiritual understanding of people who do not believe. See, that's, that's why they're not believing, because they've been blinded by the devil, okay? Spiritual blindness. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So here's what you do. When you're praying for the lost, okay, here's what you do. That loved one that you care so much about and you want to see them saved, here's what you do. You take authority in the name of Jesus over that spiritual blindness. Okay? That's on that person's spiritual understanding. You just do something like this. You say, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that spiritual blindness that's blinding so-and-so, and I pull you down, uh, say something like this, say, say, Satan, I bind you away from so-and-so's spiritual understanding. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus, and I command that spiritual blindness to come off their, to come off their spiritual eyes. That's what you do. That's, that, that, that's what you do. That's what you, that's how you start, uh, uh, when you, when you're dealing with a, a lost person, that's where you start. 
I wish somebody would have told me that years and years and years ago. But, but I, I, when I was a kid, I didn't learn this till, till later on, you know, uh, uh, I tell you what, uh, this is very effective. Now, ultimately, God will not violate somebody's will. If they don't want to get saved, he's not going to make them get saved. You can't make them get saved. But I want to say this. If you'll take authority over that spiritual blindness and, and pull that down, I tell you what, that, that's, that's where you start when you, when you, when you're dealing with someone's, someone's salvation. Okay. And then the second, and, and, and let me tell you this. When you do that, you don't ask God to do it. It's something he's given us authority to do. Remember when Jesus was raised from the dead, he said, go in, into all the world, preach the gospel. And he said, cast out the devil. Well, that's what we're doing here when we do this is, is, is we're casting out the devil. We really are. You know, I'm not saying that that person is possessed that you're praying for. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they're, the devil's blinded their, their mind and they can't see. They can't spiritually see that they need Jesus. So you come in there and you don't have to, you don't have to tell them that you're doing it. I'd recommend you don't tell them that you're doing it. You, you don't have to be around them when you do it. I'd recommend you do it in the privacy of, of your house. You know, you don't have to, don't, you know, don't call somebody up and say, Hey, I'm buying, I'm binding the spiritual blindness on your, over your eyes. They're going to think you're crazy. Don't, don't do that. You do that in private. You just take authority over that spiritual blindness that, that your loved one or whoever else it is is lost. You take authority over it in the name of Jesus and you pull it down, uh, from its operation against them. That's what you do first. Okay. Then the second thing you do is this. Luke 10 verse 2. Luke 10 verse 2. Jesus said, the harvest is great. In other words, he says, I'll put it in my own words. There's a whole lot of sinners out there. And he said, but laborers are few. I'll put it in my own words. There's not enough people going out and telling people about the Lord. And then he says, pray uh, to the Lord that he would send out laborers into his harvest. So, that's the second thing we do. The first thing we do is we, we don't ask God to pull down the spiritual blindness. We do that in the authority in the name of Jesus. But then the second thing we do, it's a two-step process here. The second thing is you ask the Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus to send out laborers, preachers. You know, what I, when I say preachers, I don't mean somebody stands behind a pulpit but somebody that will, it could be somebody that stands behind a pulpit, but just anybody who would tell that lost person about the Lord. Now, sometimes it, it may well be you. Sometimes God will use somebody else. Now, certainly we always ought to be open to telling everybody about the Lord Jesus, but you need to realize, and I'm going to say some more about this in a moment, but you know, God may not always use you to get a certain person to the Lord. He may use somebody else. But, but it could be the, the, the fact that you took authority over the spiritual blindness and you asked God to send somebody, okay, across so-and-so's path. That could be the, 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 the catalyst that got that person, you know, to the Lord. You see, because you pulled down the spiritual blindness, their eyes of their understanding was enlightened. And, uh, and then the next thing you know, here comes so-and-so across their path. They tell them about Jesus and, and it gets saved. Isn't that wonderful? So the two-step process in, 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 in praying for lost people, whether it's your loved ones, whoever it is, is number one, you take the authority that's in the name of Jesus, you speak directly to the spiritual blindness, and you pull it off their eyes, okay? And then secondly, you ask the Heavenly Father to send a, 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 a someone, we, I call it the, the laborer, the Lord said laborer, you know, the laborer, the person, or persons to come across that lost one's path to share Jesus with them, you see. Now, again, God, even after you've done these two steps, God still will not violate someone's will, okay? He just won't, won't do it. But you've at least done everything that you can possibly do here to aid somebody in, in, in coming to the Lord, Okay? Two-step process. Take authority over the spiritual blindness in the name of Jesus and then ask the Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus to send uh, uh, somebody across that person's path to share Jesus with them. 
and, and, and you be open to go yourself. If the Lord wants you to go, you know, you might be the one to share the gospel with, 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 with your family member or whoever, but you got to remember, you got to be sensitive to the spirit of God. It might not be you. He may want to use somebody else. Okay. Say some more about that in a moment, but, uh, in fact, let's just, let's just kind of talk about it right now. Uh, you know, we preach the gospel to everyone. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But we have to realize that everyone may not respond to us. Everyone may not respond to us. And, uh, that was hard for me to accept early on. I thought when I went out and told people about Jesus, everybody was going to just respond to me and just just give their hearts to the Lord just right off the bat. But I found otherwise. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, the Apostle Paul writes here and he says, Who is Paul? Who is Apollos? Well, Paul, you know, he was the apostle that God used to write almost half two-thirds of the New Testament, but Apollos was another minister. He was a contemporary with the Apostle Paul. And uh, he writes here and he says, who is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. Then he says this, I planted, Apollo, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he who plants anything or he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Uh, let me just kind of put this in my own words so you can better maybe understand it is the Apostle Paul was out preaching the gospel, but not everybody responded to his altar call. But Apollos would come along, and, and he'd get up and preach, and people would respond and get saved. Okay, now, you know, th that's putting in my own words kind of what this th these verses are saying. In other words, Paul would preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and tell people, you know, that they needed to repent and come to the Lord Jesus Christ so they'd miss hell and make heaven, but not everybody responded when Paul would preach. But then, but then, what, what, but, but then later, Apollos would come along and he'd preach and those people would respond and get saved. Okay? What was happening? Paul was planting seeds. The word of God is likened unto seed. And he was planting the word of God in these lost people's hearts. And then later on, Apollos would come through and he'd preach, say message Paul was preaching, and these people get saved. And, and so Paul wrote, he said, he said, you know, he said, I'm planning, Apollos is watering, but God's giving the increase, okay? And, uh, and we need to realize salvation is of the Lord. When somebody gets saved, to God be all the glory. But the point is, is that not everybody responded to Paul, but they would respond to Apollos. And I suppose we could turn it around the other way. There were probably times when Apollos planted and, and, and Paul watered and, and, and they responded to Paul's altar call, but they didn't respond to, to Apollos, so to speak. The point I'm trying to get across to you here is that, is that, you know, we pull down spiritual blindness on people's eyes. We pray that God sends laborers across their paths, but we have to realize that, that, you know, People are not always going to respond to our sharing of the gospel with them. Yet we share the gospel. We tell them about the Lord, but uh, uh, but but they might not respond when we're sharing with them about the Lord. But somebody else comes along and tells them about the Lord, and they'll, and they'll get saved. Uh, an example: When I was growing up, there was a fellow that was a, just a wonderful fellow. And, uh, uh, he, he just was, uh, helped my mom and I out so much. And, uh, my, my dad passed away when I was seven and, and he was there and he really helped us out greatly. And, uh, uh, but, and I shared the gospel with him so many times. Now I didn't know about pulling down spiritual blindness. I, I, I didn't know about that. I, I learned that later on, but all I knew to do was just tell people about Jesus. And, and that's a good thing. So I told him about the Lord Jesus more times than I could imagine until I was blue in the face and I could see we was going, we were going nowhere. It was like preaching to a, to a brick wall. I'd have got more results out of a brick wall. Uh, and, and I could see he, it just, to me, it looked like he, he wasn't getting it. So anyway, as time went on, you know, I, I, I used to see him almost every day. As time went on, his life went a certain way, my life went another way, and I hadn't seen him for a long time.
And uh, uh, all of a sudden, one day, the, the phone rings. And, uh, and, and, and it was him. And he said, he said, Terry, he said, I, I need you to sit down. You're going to need to sit down. I got to tell you something, but you better sit down. And I thought, oh my gosh, what's he going to tell me? You know, is he have something terminal or what, what is it? And he said, I got saved. I thought, wow. I mean, it's a good thing I was sitting down because I would have fallen down. I mean, as many times as I preached to him, I thought that there was, there was no way he's ever going to get saved because, because I thought if he was ever going to get saved, you know, I thought if I could get the job done, <laughs> I could have get done. Hey, hey, God wants to use us, but he, he could use a whole lot of other people too. Let's don't ever forget that. And what happened was, is this fella, uh, uh, he, uh, was with a family member and that family member shared Jesus with him and he got saved. And I thought to myself, I thought, all those times I preached the Lord to him and he never got, not one time it looked like we were going nowhere. See, what was happening? I was planting good seeds in his heart. All those years later, somebody else comes along, first time out, they share Jesus with him and he gets saved. I planted, the other person watered that seed, okay? And God gave the increase, you know, uh, salvation, the Bible says, is of the Lord, and 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 he got saved. Isn't that wonderful? And and I I saw it again. There was a certain girl back years ago. And I shared with this guy for probably over a decade, but this guy I just told you about that got saved. But this other uh, girl, I shared with her for several years uh, uh, the gospel. Nothing, just like this guy. Nothing, nothing, just this nothing. <laughs> and uh, and then. She went, uh, uh, as I understand it, she went to a certain church, uh, and, and, and they give the altar call and she gets saved. <laughs> I thought to myself, all those years I shared the gospel with her, she didn't come to the Lord, give her heart to the Lord, not one time during all that time. And, and, well, see, she goes, first time she hears this other guy preach, she gets saved. See, that, that didn't upset me. I, you know, I did think, well, why wouldn't she, why, you know, why wouldn't she, why wouldn't she get saved when I shared the Lord with her? It doesn't matter. The important thing is that I was planting, someone else watered, God gave the increase. The important thing is she got saved and this other guy got saved. That's the important thing, see? And then I'm thinking about, and, and, and we have to remember, see, we're not always the perfect laborer for everyone. Now, we always want to be open to share the gospel with everybody, but we're not always a perfect laborer for everyone. You know what I mean? In other words, people aren't always going to respond to us, but they'll respond to somebody else. And that's what happened in these two cases. And then I think of one that uh, there was a fellow that attended my church for, for several years, several years, several years. And, uh, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't sure that he was saved. And, and, uh, in fact, I mentioned to my wife a time or two privately, you know, I, was, I think that guy's saved. And, and we kind of both scratching our head. And by the way, that's not a good thing. <laughs> It's not a good thing when the pastor scratches his head wondering if the person's saved. That, you know, like I've said for years, when somebody's laying in a casket and people around are talking, was that, was that person saved? Was that person saved? And people are scratching their head. That's usually not a good thing. Okay. I'm kind of humorous with it, but it's very tragically sad. Uh, uh, but be that as it may, I, I wasn't clear that he was saved. Anyway, as time went on, he left the church and, and that's going to happen. You know, people, Come to churches, people leave churches, and, and it, it happens all the time, and it's just it is what it is. And uh, but but he left the church, and and uh, when people leave our church, I don't try to keep track of them as to where they go. It's just I wish them well, and and all of that, I, and I really do. I wish them the best. I want people to be where God wants them to be. But word came back to me that he and, and I'd made altar calls for years. And this guy never came forward, never came, never, not one time, not one, didn't respond at all. He left my church, went to another church, and the report came back to me that 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 if I, if I understand the story right, first altar call this other pastor made, this guy comes forward and gets saved. <laughs> so, well, all those years I appreciated didn't respond one time. And he, they went to the other church, and the guy makes the altar call the first time and got saved. Well, see... Look, I rejoice in that. I rejoice in that. It, it, you know, it's a good thing. Think about it, that, that he left my church. If he could go to another church and get saved, that, that's great. That's fantastic. But, but see, I planted 
another minister of water. God gave the increase. See, and, and we have to understand that, that even I, as a pastor of a church, with people sitting in the congregation who are not saved, I might not even be, and clearly in this case, and in many cases, I'm sure, I'm not even the perfect laborer for that person. You know, the perfect laborer, what I mean by that is somebody that shares the gospel and as a, as a direct result, right there, they make a decision for Christ. That's what I mean when I say perfect labor. But I'm not, I wasn't even the perfect laborer for this guy. It was some, another pastor, see. And I rejoice that the man got saved and, and to God be the glory. But, but it's, why am I sharing this? I'm trying to encourage you that if you've been sharing the gospel with somebody for a long time, don't get discouraged. You know, and they, and they haven't responded to Christ and given their hearts to Christ. Don't get discouraged. I gave you three examples here that, you know, I shared the gospel and shared the gospel and shared the gospel. And, and by the time I got done with these three people, it, it looked like all was lost. It looked like they were lost. It looked like they were destined to hell. But hey, but God, but God. And the Bible says salvation is of the Lord. And, and, and he's got people positioned, you know, that, that if we can't get through to him, he's got other people who can. Remember, God wants people saved more, more than we do. And so I, I, I planted a lot of seeds. Of, of the gospel in people's hearts over the years. And then I just told you about three of them here. And, and, you know, but somebody else comes along, they water that seed. And then, and then Jesus said, no one can come to me. No one can come to him unless the father draws him. And I think what happens, and, and I personally believe that and at some point in everybody's life, God draws them to Jesus. But what, what happens is, is we're sharing the gospel. We're sharing the gospel and we're getting people, we're, we're planting seed in their heart. And, 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 and we're really kind of getting them set up. God's using us to get them set up. And then they get all set up and then the Lord draws them. And, you know, somebody else, uh, you know, I, I guess we'll put it this way. Jesus said, we're fishers of men. We're baiting a hook, baiting a hook. We're baiting a hook. And then the next person comes along and, and, and the Lord draws them. Uh, they, that sinner bites the hook and the other guy draws them in. But the important thing is, is they get saved. They miss hell and they make heaven. And, and we rejoice in that. And so, but, but, uh, but we need to realize that we're not always the perfect laborer for everyone. Just it need to understand that too. So if somebody's not responding to, to your sharing of the gospel, you just keep in love doing it. And, and perhaps God's using you certainly to get them set up, uh, for, for somebody else to, you're baiting hook and somebody else, will, they'll bite on somebody. <laughs> They'll bite when somebody else is holding the pole and they draw them in. They get saved. Miss hell, make heaven. God is the God of salvation and he gives the increase and to him be the glory. Okay. So, so share the good news with people, but Hey, listen, pull down that spiritual blindness. We talked about it, you know, and, and pray that God sends a perfect labor across somebody's path. And it may be you. It may not be you. I shared the, this last here, three examples here to let you know that it, it may not be you. And, uh, in fact, as I go on, I'll say a little bit more about that, but, uh, here's something else I want to show you. Go to Acts 16 and, uh, in verses six through 10, it's interesting as you read there, and I'll just kind of sum it up in my own words, that the apostle Paul was going along and he was preaching the gospel, but the Bible, you could read this Acts 16 verses six through 10. But there was a time when the Holy Spirit forbid him to go into Asia and then didn't permit him to go into uh, Bithynia. And, and, and it's interesting because why would God forbid Paul from going into these areas? And I, I want to center in on Asia. Why would God forbid him? We need to understand this about soul winning and, and just walking with God in general. Timing is so important. Timing is so important. And we need to be sensitive to the spirit of God. And, uh, and we need to be, we, we, we always need to be open. We always need to have this attitude of going into all the world and preaching the gospel. But, but be sensitive to the spirit of God, because there are times when, you know, where he might forbid you to go to a certain person or are, are, uh, 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 you know, he just might. And I, I know that's hard for people to understand sometime, but, but you need to hear what I'm saying. See, God forbid him from going into Asia. Now, Paul was, he was on the go. 
Jesus said, go into all the world. And so we go unless the Holy Spirit gives us a check on the inside and forbids us to do something. We're always going sharing the gospel unless the Holy Spirit says, you know, don't. And if he ever says don't, there's a reason. And he forbid him to go to Asia and this other place. But we read on and you see that that's when Paul, after that, he got that Macedonian call and he went over into Macedonia and did a great work over there. You say, well, what about Asia? Well, it's interesting that we know that there were churches established in Asia because the seven churches of Revelation, chapters two and three of Revelation, those churches were there. So God did not leave Asia unevangelized. It just wasn't the time for Paul to go there. Okay, it wasn't the time for him to go there. He went over to Macedonia. God used other people to go to Asia because we have those seven churches and there were other churches in that area. So God, you know, we have to realize that, you know, we're not the only player in the soul winning game. God's got a lot of other people that he can use. You know, Elijah said to God, he said, I'm the only one that's left. And God said to Elijah, I've got seven, I think he said, I've got 7,000 people who haven't bowed the, knee, bowed the knee to the false God. See, God's got people placed and strategically placed all over that we don't even know about a lot of times. Most of the time we don't know about. And, and we need we need to understand that, that God, you know, we need to be open for God to always use us, you know, to win the loss. But he's got a whole lot of other people out there that he can use if 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 people won't respond to us. And so Paul was forbidden to go to Asia he went to Macedonia. God needed him over there. See, if Paul didn't go over there, you know, you know, we need to understand there, there are some people that, look, we've got to be open to the Spirit of God. There are some people that if we don't share the gospel with them, you know, yes, God always has people and he could use other people, but we, we need to understand how urgent it is that there are some people, I mean, yeah, I mean, we might be the only thing standing bet between them and hell, the, the message of the gospel that we share with them. This is how serious this is. But I also, right along with that, want you to understand that, you know, if we can't get through to somebody, God, he, he very often time, most of the time, he's got somebody else who can, okay? But I shared that with you because I don't want you to go to, away from this message saying, well, God will just use somebody else, you know, and I'll just pull down the spiritual blindness and pray that God sends somebody else. Well, we need to do that, but we need to also understand, so we've got to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. There may be, I want to say it again, there may be some people that the gospel we share with them might be the only thing that's standing between them and hell. So, you know, we're all important. But what I also want to say, say it again, is that if we can't get through to somebody, you know, God's got other people who can. But you see here about Asia, God forbid him to go to Asia. And he went over to Macedonia. It's interesting, God used other people in Asia. And if you read in Acts 19, verse 10, at a later time, the Bible said that God sent Paul to Asia and he did a great work there. And it's interesting as you read it, not everybody who Paul ministered to believed on the Lord Jesus, you have to always remember that God won't violate people's wills. It's, look, it's up to us to go tell people about the Lord, pull down the spiritual blindness, pray for the labors and all of that. But ultimately, God won't violate people's wills. So Paul went to Asia at a later time. And a lot of people believed, a lot of people didn't. But the point is, is that we have to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Be, we need to go into all the world and, and be a, a green light Christian. What I mean by that, always on the go sharing Jesus with people. But there may be some times where God, there's a check on the inside, not you know, just like to Paul here. Don't go to Asia at this time. You know, don't go. So he went and did some other things. Later on, he came back to Asia and, and did a work for the Lord. So we need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God, uh, uh, you know, uh, as it pertains to soul winning. We really, we really do. And, uh, always be on the go telling people about Jesus, but there might be some time where, you know, God might forbid you from sharing the gospel with somebody. He, he might, he did with Paul, but he might, you know, if he does, he's not going to leave that person unattended. It, it just means he's got somebody else that he's going to use. Maybe they won't listen to you. Maybe they won't listen to you, but they'll listen to somebody else. 
And and God, we know this. If God doesn't use you, he, he'll at some point draw that person. He'll at some point get somebody across their path. Okay? He just will. But, uh, you, you know, you may not be the perfect laborer for that person. So we need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. God might... It might not be the right time, but you, you know, maybe a few weeks down the road or years down the road, God might use you to, to win that person to the Lord, you know, and, 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 and later on he might use you and the Lord, the Heavenly Father may draw that person later on as a direct result of you sharing the gospel with him. You know, he may not. So, so be sensitive. Always be on the go sharing Jesus with people, but be sensitive. You know, I, I had to learn this. Maybe these examples that I close with will help you better understand what I just said uh, about being forbidden of the Spirit of God to share uh, the gospel with somebody. I had an uncle years ago uh, that, growing up, uh, he, he he just he just didn't like me very much. Okay, he he just didn't. And, uh, and, and in fairness to him, as a kid, I was not the, uh, the, the easiest person to be around. I, I just wasn't. And I was, I was spoiled and, uh, um, had a great mom, just fantastic mom, but I was spoiled and I was mouthy and, and, uh, and, and, you know, well, well, I, I was, I wasn't saved, you know, as a little kid and, uh, got, got saved. I got saved as a, as, as a young boy, but, but, uh, but, but you know what? I was saved as a young boy, but I was still obnoxious. I just was. And, uh, the Lord hadn't, didn't have, hadn't had time to really work on me yet and mellow me out. But anyway, that being said, in fairness to my uncle, I, I wasn't very likable. I hope I'm more likable now. <laughs> I hope I'm not obnoxious now. <laughs> my wife, she might think I am once in a while, but anyway, uh, but, but he didn't like me very much. And, uh, he, he, he just didn't. And so, uh, in the process of time, you know, I was always nice to him and, 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 and he, he and I were cordial, but you know, he, he just didn't like me very much. And so, uh, he was in, he was in, uh, and, and I'd visited him and I, I saw him and all that, but, but he was in the nursing home and it, it was, it was coming down to the end. And, and, uh, uh, my mom told me, you know, it was coming down to the end and, and, uh, I, I was going to go over, I, I, I got to go over there and tell him about the Lord. I got to go over there and tell him about the Lord. And I, I can't explain it to you other than somehow or another on the inside, I was, I was forbidden. I just, I, I just, I just couldn't get, I couldn't, couldn't get over there. And, uh, and, uh. But you know what? Now this was before I knew about pulling down spiritual blindness and all that. And and he, and, 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 and he was not a saved man. He was not a saved man. He was not saved. He was not. I mean, the man I knew was not born again. And uh, and 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 my mom told me he was gonna not live much longer. And and I I, I was gonna go over there and see him, but I just couldn't. I just I just. I was, I, I guess I understand what Paul, when he said he was forbidden by the Holy Spirit. I didn't go and he, and he died. And I felt badly about that. But you know what? Here's the thing. I found out later that there were some other family members that were close to him. I didn't know, particularly this one uh, lady, very close to him. I didn't know she was a Christian. And it's, it's clear to me that they got the gospel through to him before he died. And I feel like the Lord shared this with me over the years. I mean, this is just what I feel the Lord shared with me is I was not the perfect laborer for him. In fact, if I had gone over there, now we're supposed to tell people about Jesus. Don't misunderstand me. And I realize what I'm saying could be controversial and people could criticize me for it, but I'm just telling you my experience. Here, here, here it is. If I had gone over there, I feel like the Lord got this through to me. If I had gone over there 
and because he didn't like me, if I had gone over there and started talking to him about the Lord Jesus, it's very possible that he may not have received him. I was forbidden of the Lord to go over there. But I found out later that there was this other person that he liked and that, that he would listen to. See, not everybody's going to listen to to you and me, but there are people that folk will listen to. And he would listen to this this other lady particularly. And there were some other Christians I found out that were around him as well, but particularly this one. And it's very likely that, I mean, from my understanding of it, that she was able to get the gospel through to him. But if I'd have gone over there and shared the gospel with him, is it's likely that might have just he might have just shut everything off. That'd been the end of it. I uh I think about another family member who I remember I went and, and saw him in the hospital and uh I had every intention when I went in there to share the gospel with him, but there again I just it was the same I've only had this I've only had this uh to this degree twice in my life. There there's been some other times where I just I knew in my heart I'm not the right one to share the gospel. You know, I'm not the perfect laborer for these, these other folk. I, I've known, known, I know that. But, but to this degree, to this, this strong, strong, this strong forbidding, there was another person I went and saw him in the hospital and I had every intention of sharing Jesus with him and I, I got in there and I, I, I could, I, I just, I just for whatever reason couldn't. And, uh, and in the process of time, he passed away, and and I felt so badly about it. But you know, I I feel like the Lord got this through to me. And and what I did do is I had my church. We prayed for him. Now think about this. I didn't share Jesus with him directly, but I prayed for him. Our church, whole church, prayed for him. We pulled down that spiritual blindness because he because he he wasn't a saved man. The man I knew wasn't. But we pulled down that spiritual blindness and we asked the Heavenly Father to bring people across his path that would share Jesus with him before he, before he passed. And I feel like the Lord got through to me is, you know, that's the best thing that I could do because this individual really wasn't going to listen to anything that, that, that I had to say. See, we need to understand that I've had to understand this like, when I was a kid, I talked to you about that a moment ago. See, I, I was a cheater at Old Maid, and I I'd cheat my grandma at Old Maid. I mean, I I, I was obnoxious, and my grandma she's going to get me. By the way, <laughs> heaven, I know she was born again. She went to heaven. She's going to get me. I know she's going to get me in heaven. With she had a cane, and she'd grab you around the neck with that cane, you know. And she, I, I can see her. Well, she don't have a cane in heaven, so that's good. Well, praise God, I don't have to worry about that. But I, oh, she's going to get me with that cane when I get see her in heaven and get me on that. That old maid, but you know what? I've got saved since then, repented, so all the old maid cheating's been washed away, and grandma don't have a cane in heaven, so I don't have to worry about that. But I, I always thought she's gonna get me with that cane around my neck, you know, <laughs> when I see her in heaven, and get me for cheating her at old maid. Here's my point. My family, you know, and, you know, and people like my uncle, he's part of my family, and other people from back then, you see, they knew me back then, and they haven't really been able to see necessarily that I've changed, that the Lord changed me. And so they still think of me as that cheater and old maid and that obnoxious person. And so you see, for me to go share the gospel with them, I'm likely not the perfect laborer for them. Likely not. And, uh, and, and, and you understand what I'm saying? And so... You, you, people need to realize that, you know, and, and you need to realize that you always need to be open to share Jesus with everybody, but you have to realize you may not be the perfect one, the, the one that they're going to listen to, okay? There's some folk may not listen to you. They, I've told you there's some folk won't listen to me. Yeah, but you're a pastor. I know, but they still see me as an old cheater, cheat my grandma at old maid. See, a lot of times people, they, 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 they get locked in their head that you're a certain way from the, they knew you as a kid or whatever. And, and they, 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 the apostle Paul had that problem. Now I'm not putting myself on the same level with him at all, but after he got saved, people were afraid of him, you know, cause he went about persecuting the Christians. And so, you know, uh, they were afraid, afraid of him, you know, much less going to listen to, 
to anything he had to say. See, you need to understand that. Of, of course, as time went on, they realized he was a for real Christian and people listened to him and God used him greatly, but all of that. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that I know I'm not the perfect laborer for some people. But what I can do is I can pull down spiritual blindness. I can ask God to send the perfect labor across their paths, which I've done for all these people that I'm thinking of here. And, and I'm open if God wants to use me, you know, he can, you know, but, uh, but I realize that God's got a whole lot of other people out there that he can draw on and use. And we need to understand that. I know with my mom, I think about my mom now, like with her, See, as, as I look, particularly now that I look back on it, see, I was the perfect laborer for her. As I look back on it, I saw no one else that the Lord was going to use. And when I first encountered her on the subject of salvation, you know, she's a good person, but she wasn't born again. She thought you could be saved by doing good deeds and, and taking care of the old people and, and which we should do. And, and, and she, she always said, I was, I took care of the old people and I was confirmed and my place is in heaven. And that's as good as those things are. That won't save you. And so it took me a couple of decades. Listen to me now. It took me a couple of decades. And all I did was hold up the simple message of salvation to her. And it took me a couple of decades to reposition her from, from, Trusting in good works and, and ceremony, you know, helping the old people and, and confirmation to reposition her to where I got her to see that all those things are good. You know, confirmation, helping the old people, all that, that's good, but it won't save you. And I was able to get the gospel through to her that she needed to place her simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it took me a couple of decades, but I didn't see anybody else looking back at it. Now, I didn't see anybody else that was going to do that. So God used me. What a privilege that that is to be used as a, the perfect laborer for your mom. And, and in fact, sitting on almost this exact spot in the old farmhouse that I grew up in, we've since torn it down and built a new house and where my office is, sits right on the spot in my mom's kitchen where I, right on this spot is where I prayed with her and led her to the Lord. Praise God. So I was the perfect laborer for her. But, you know, there's people that, that in my family that I'm, I'm just not. But we have to be sensitive to those things. And, and I know like, you know, there's some people, if I went to share the gospel with them, they're going to just shut me off before I, before I get two words out of my mouth. You understand? But other people could go to them and, and, and share the gospel with them and they, they, they may be receptive. Again, God won't violate people's wills. But, but I prayed for them. And, uh, and, 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 you know, that's, that's, that's what, what we do. You know, uh, while I'm on the subject, I'll just close with this. You know, I think about, I think about, uh, about Ron Reagan, Ronald Reagan's son, Ronald Reagan Jr. And he comes on, there's a commercial that comes on where he proclaims to be an atheist and he goes through and talks about separation of church and state and he goes through all that. But anyway, but then he gets to the end of it and then he says that he's Ron Reagan and he's an unabashed atheist not afraid of burning in hell. But see, he ought to be afraid of burning in hell. He really should. So what do we do? What do we do? I, you know, I can't get through to that man myself. I'm not the perfect laborer for him, but what do we do? We take authority over, and I've already done this. I've taken authority over that spiritual blindness that's blinded his, 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 his mind. And then I've asked the heavenly father to send perfect laborers across his path. Now, God won't ultimately violate his will, but you see, I, I've done all that I, that I can do for him. So whether it's a loved one or whether it's somebody like Ron Reagan, who's not, he's not a loved one of mine, but I don't want to see him go to hell. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. I don't, God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. That's why I'm preaching this tonight so that we're more effective at, at, at soul winning. But, but, uh, 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 but that's what I've done for him. And, and, uh, and so, Anyway, we just trust that the, that, that with that spiritual blindness pulled off of his eyes, that perfect labor will come along and, and uh, I'd like to see him come on there and, and, and share that he's repented and give his heart to the Lord Jesus. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But here's the last thing I'll leave you with. After you pull down the spiritual blindness on somebody's eyes, spiritual understanding, and you, you pray that God sends a perfect laborer and you're open to be that laborer if God wants you to be, realizing, you know, particularly with family members. Like I said, a lot of times God 
will use somebody else because they won't listen to you anyway. And, and But they might, like my mom, listen to me. But once you've done these things, and here's what I'm going to leave you with. It's so important. Now listen to me. You cast the care of it over on the Lord. Now listen to what I'm saying. You cast the care of it over on the Lord. The Bible says that we're supposed to cast our care on him because he cares for us. Now you need to do that. And I'll tell you why. Two reasons. First of all, if you if you carry that care of you know like your loved one, the, the, you know maybe you have a son or daughter or, or a parent or a brother or sister, whoever it is, and 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 they're unsaved, and you've done these things, you've got to cast the care of it over on the Lord. There's two reasons why. Uh, the, the second, I'll give these in reverse order. The second reason is is that it will hinder you. It will it will drag you down. It will it will suck the spiritual life out of you and it it's it, it and there's torment with it. It really is. Because what if they die and go to hell? What if they die what if they die and go to hell? You've done all you can do. Now you cast the care of it over on the Lord and don't let that torment you anymore. That's the second reason you cast the care. The first reason you cast the care is for their sake. I don't know how to really put this in words other than just just from experience, if you, particularly with your family and close loved ones, if you continue to carry the care of that, and just from experience now, somehow or another, it hinders. It hinders the process. That, that it, 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 it's it's a hindrance in the spirit. Just take my word for it. That's just my experience. It's a hindrance. So it, it just it, it it just is. So here's what you do. Pull down spiritual blindness. Ask the Father to send the labor across her path. You be open to be that labor if God wants you to be. And then you cast the care over on the Lord so that it doesn't drag you down. Secondly and firstly, so that it doesn't hinder, doesn't hinder what God wants to do in, in, in there as far as getting that person saved. You know, getting the message through to him and having them respond. Okay. Well, I hope this was helpful to you tonight. I, I, uh, uh, I felt like this is what the Lord wanted me to share tonight. And so, like I said, with Christmas right around the corner, people's hearts tend to be more, more pliable right now. And so, so just keep these things in mind. Take these things to heart and let's all, uh, let's all be the best soul winners for the Lord that we can be. Hey, I love each and every one of you. I really do. God bless you. And uh, again, I trust this was a blessing to you. And hey, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, Summit Church, we're going to have a good time in the Lord and, uh, and I'll see you then. Okay, God bless. Bye-bye.